What is up? What is going on, everybody? This week, I hope you're wearing your Thunderwear because you're about to get your dessert before your dinner, and you'll get it on the other side of the song. Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of The Three Cool. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Mike Duranik. I don't even have anything to say to that. And Brad Miller. You're proud of yourself. I am. I, I don't know how long you had that one cooked up, but... Uh... Since I watched the movie this morning. <laughs> uh, yes, this was the final uh, film that I had to watch for the podcast for uh, this month's recordings. Fired it up at 9 o'clock this morning, just so it would be fresh uh, in my mind. And as soon as those words came out of the rock's mouth, I knew where I would be headed for... The cold open, uh, because we did Fast Five. Um, maybe strange that we're just going into the middle of a franchise the first time that we touch on it, but as I'm sure we'll talk about, this really is kind of the first movie of a new franchise that uses people from an old franchise. It's very, very different. Um, it really is its whole entire new thing that they're in now, and we are about to get Fast 10 uh, this summer. I think uh, May. comes out in late May. And it's called Fast X. I think they missed a golden opportunity to name it Fast 10 Your Seatbelt. Um, I'm actually shocked that they did not do that. He, he's not even a father, and he had that dad joke. He's, so. he's, you're bringing all the fast balls right like, here in this one. Thank you. I, I, but how could that not have at least been on a poster? Because um, this is a like a... You know, hundred million dollar film franchise, and to call that they can literally do fast, anything, fast and it will years, still fast make ten year seatbelts. Yes, it still would have made as much money as fast. It's X. a nice chuckle for us in the basement, but if they had really done that, like someone would have probably lost their job over that one. Did you see the ninth one? No. A lot of people should have lost their jobs by now. But we're sticking with the fifth one <laughs> and having fun today. As I said, Mike's pick for the month. Of April, so let's just get into it, guys. I'll ask you what I always do. What was your first experience with Fast Five? Was it in the theaters way back in? I want to say twenty. I want to say 2011, 2010, 2011. I will check that. Um, was it in theaters? Was it later on streaming, DVD, whatever, what have you? I'm gonna guess this wasn't your guys' first uh, trip into this film. So we'll 2011. Just, 2011. So we'll just skip that part of the question, but what was your first experience? What did you bring into this rewatch for the podcast? I've, I've seen it before. Um, couldn't tell you when I'm assuming it was a, you know, it, it, in the house watching it. Um, I don't believe I saw it in the theater. Um, I'm not a fast five, uh, connoisseur or a, a fast, series kind of sewer to go see these in the theater so um yeah i believe just watching it at the house so i can tell you that i did see this in the theater and i can tell you the reason why because it's not that i was a big fast and furious fan um heading into this in fact i was not at all a fast and the furious fan it was not my genre not anything that i was interested in however i was a really big fan and remain a big fan of bill simmons podcast and in the build-up to this, he um, was—he had talked about these movies and talked about this movie in particular. And I think that he might have had um, Adam Carolla on, and they were 
just breaking down uh, some of the Fast and Furious movies in a pretty hilarious way, and it made me become convinced that I probably needed to see this movie. Uh, and so Bill Simmons gave the assist to this franchise, and I went and saw it in the theater, and it absolutely delivered. I've seen it a couple of times since then. Uh, you know, we were debating. We went with this one the same month Fast 7 uh, was out. Uh, but I would say that, uh, as I'm sure we're going to get into, this is the peak of the movies. There's like a three-movie arc here, five, six, and seven, that are pretty good. Uh, and it started to lose me with the eighth one. Yeah, so this, I did see this in theaters pretty close to opening weekend. This was a family trip to the movies. My dad, stepmom, me, my stepbrother. Um, I remember, the, the odd thing was, kind of like you, I mean, I really enjoyed the first one as a kid. Uh, before I knew that it was just a Point Break ripoff and not nearly as good as Point Break. Um, another movie that I'm kind of surprised we've never done on this podcast. Um, and then the second and third one are just terrible for completely different reasons. And then the fourth one is fine but feels weird. Doesn't really feel like anything. And so when this was coming out, I was accepting of a Fast and Furious movie. But the other thing that... I think is important to remember is at this time to be selling a fifth movie of a franchise basically on the notion in the previews of the reason this one's going to be good is because we have the rock was very bold this is not 2023 where he can just literally make whatever he wants and it's probably going to be pretty profitable 100 200 million dollar movie whatever this was when he was literally just the guy that was in the rundown and gridiron gang and now the reason this movie is going to be successful is because they've added The Rock. That that was bold. And I remember it being a joke. Like, me and my staff, I remember just being like, what the hell is The Rock, dude? Like, he's literally has baby oil on his head. Like, why is he in this movie? And we were wrong. Because it's why this movie ended up being pretty freaking awesome. And and it did work and spawned it. Now they've, you know, had their falling out. He's not in him anymore or whatever. We really have gone through the whole thing. But they really changed what these movies were with this one and it was an entirely new experience whether you like it or hate it this is definitely the mark where this series became something now what it is not what it was which is pretty crazy that this movie started with street racing and now they're saving the world yeah. um every time they're out there but hey let's get in you know let's just accept it for what it is they've even discussed multiple times i know they've come close multiple times to pulling the trigger on a Jurassic Park Fast and Furious crossover. I'm not kidding. This has been so close to being a production so many times because Universal has $2 billion franchises, so why wouldn't you? Um, so don't be surprised if that happens at some point. I don't think it will now. I think that's died out, but we came close a few times. Um, so let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Mike, you beat me last week, which means it's you and Brad. You're on the hot seat. You can try to get some momentum heading into next month. Uh, what do you think the sitting Rotten Tomato score is for Fast Five? Well, this was definitely a very successful movie, um, but it cannot be that highly ranked. I think it's fresh. The question is how fresh. Um, my gut is telling me mid to upper 70s, so I am going to just go with a 70, 77 and let Brad decide... Uh, if it's on the verge of or certified fresh or if it's below mm, that's a tough number um, just I, to not have dead air I guess to kind of talk through I mean 
I I think it leaves a lot to be desired as you know movie writing and stuff goes but it's big it's got action it's you know fun um, but I, I guess I'm gonna say that sometimes the critics can take something like this and pick it apart so I'm gonna go lower and I'll go 76 um, and see where we fall well, much like earlier this month when you two went against each other, you're all over it. So you said 76, Mike, you said 77. The critics have it at 78. So Ooh. all over it again. Audience at 83. So right in there, everybody's in the same territory again. There's a, there's a break when the number's a 70 or an 80. Um, so the audience does have it bracketed up a bit. Um, cost $125 million to make, which, again, when you look at Fast and Furious 2, 3, and 4... The fact that this movie got greenlit for a hundred and twenty-five million dollar budget, it would this would not happen today. Mm-hmm. If if this series started in twenty fifteen and they somehow got through the first four movies, zero percent chance we have this movie today. Somehow they convinced Universal to make this thing at a hundred and twenty-five million dollars. It made six twenty-five, and then I believe I was looking at this this morning. Six got up to about eight hundred million. Around a two hundred million dollars. Now they all sit about two hundred million dollars, and then seven and eight both got to one point five and one point two billion. Nine fell off. I mean, I'll rip it apart on its quality. Part of that is too. It's in the. We're now back into the theater, so I I would almost guarantee that ten will get back into the billion dollar club. I'd be shocked if it didn't. Um, but this is a billion dollar movie franchise now that started as a Point Break ripoff. So here we are with this one. Rotten Tomatoes score to 78. Audience at an 83. Is Rotten Tomatoes correct, gentlemen? Well, using the uh, the kind of how do you define correct meter that we uh, finally just established 100 and some odd podcasts in uh, last episode, yes. I, I think that this is a very low 80s movie uh, in my mind as far as an action flick. Um and that tells you what I think on the whole of the nine movie arc of this. This, as I mentioned, would be the peak, and I would put it at an 80, 81, 82, somewhere in there, but not a whole lot higher. I do enjoy it for, for what it is immensely. Um, so, yeah, I'd say low 80s. I guess I'd say it's right. I think I would put it lower, but not by a lot. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's fine. Like, I wasn't excited when Mike picked it. I wasn't. I can tell you by the fact that I waited until like last night to watch it tells me that I wasn't that excited to watch it either. Part of that was, you know, you got to find time to sit down and do it. But, um, normally like if there's something I really want to watch that we pick, I do it pretty quick. So, um, but I, I wasn't bored. I wasn't like, I didn't think it was a waste of time. It's entertaining. You know, I've been to Universal Studios a couple times and you get to interact on the, on the, the ride for the movie. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say that they're right in the in the ballpark. Um, I'll put it two way. I mean, I think it's in the ball. I, I would lean more towards the audience side that it's it's an eighty percent action movie in the low eighties. I think it is the peak of the Fast and Furious franchise. But where it sounds like I'm going to differ from you guys, the ninety. I mean, the nineties is still the peak of action post 90s really what this is getting into this is one of the five or ten favorite action movies for me that has come out since 2000 i probably one of the five best i mean you're talking really you're living in a world of like john wick 
the John Wick movies and this for me. I mean, I can't really because we always give credit to a movie just being what it is, not apologizing for it and holding true to that. I don't know many movies that do it more than this. Like it it starts to get goofy, of course, like the the longer these movies go on and you said it fell off for you at the 8th one. I can still find some fun in the 8th one, but you get to a point in that where the rock is like literally catching torpedoes that a submarine shot and throwing it back at a submarine while he's driving a car. Like, all right, th- like that gets a little. And then the ninth one, I think at one point in the ninth one, someone actually gets shot in the chest with an assault rifle and just walks at one of the family and just walks away and openly says in the movie, guys, I think I'm bulletproof. They don't, not wearing a bit. They don't discuss it after that. He just says it and moves on. And like, so like that, and they like, they they shoot a gremlin into spate, not the little creature, the car mm-hmm. into spate. Like it's just, the 10th one looks like it's starting to get back towards the fifth one. The funny one. thing is he, Ethan thought he had to clarify that by thinking <laughs> Sorry, we just... thought that he'd shoot a, an eighties <laughs> movie icon, the gremlin into space. Well, it actually might've made the movie better yeah. if they had shot an eighties movie icon into space. But why I end up loving this movie so much and I enjoyed the rewatch here, what I think they do so well, and where I hope they go back to with the 10th one, where they've lost it, and it sounds like they lost you with the 8th one, is any part of these movies believable? No. Absolutely not. But, they build a world where it doesn't take you out of the world that they're in when these crazy things are happening. Like, could two chargers drag a 50-ton safe through the street and still... No. No. But when I'm watching it, and when I watched it in the theater, I didn't pause my own experience to say, like, come on, really? Like, cool, fine, I'm down. Like, even in the sixth one, when they're on what is apparently a 3,000-mile-long runway, because the fight on the end of that plane takes 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Do I joke about it now? Yes. When I was watching the movie, it didn't make me stop and go, I don't like this scene anymore, because this isn't believable. That's where they've gotten to when the rock is picking up torpedoes out of water and throwing them at things, and they're shooting cars into space. It's just too much. But the peak of this franchise, five, six, seven, you can live in the world that they've built and be okay with the craziness because it's not cartoonish. Well, I think that the other the other part of this is like you had a couple of different plot lines that all started to merge here in the fifth one with the inclusion of the rock. Moving it from a you know street racing uh, kind of franchise into a a heist franchise, yeah. mixed with a superhero franchise. Yes. Um, but the the core of it was this idea that right a, a family and stuff like that. And what made it so that this one it started to to kind of come together is you had all of these parts that were not well thought out in the first, second, third movies in particular. Um, you know, they were just trying to roll movies out as they could and ride on the tails of the first one. But the fourth one, they were like, okay, well, maybe we have something here. And by this one, it really starts to come together, this idea of the family, right? The family. Well, I do think that a part of what ended up dooming 8, 9, and probably 10, but we'll see if it comes back, is that they... I mean, they they lost Paul Walker, right? Paul Walker dies. And so yeah. what they had invested in in this movie... Uh, and then six and seven, uh, that part of the plot goes away, and an important part of the plot goes away with that. So, again, it, very well done for what this movie was, right? I mean, the the rock tossing torpedoes, yeah, that's ridiculous. But you're right; I think it really jumped the shark with uh, 
with the, the uh, 30,000 mile long runway. And then from there on, it was, well, this is just kind of unintentional comedy yeah. where you're laughing at the movie and they're kind of laughing at themselves. Well, probably. what makes it, and we've talked about this with action movies and what we'll get into like kind of with the cast, with the inclusion of The Rock, giving credit where it's due, the best action movies have an antagonist that helps carry the movie. Right, like that's why you and I love The Rock so much because Ed Harris comes in. Now The Rock is not giving an Ed Harris level performance. Please don't mistake what I'm saying, but he elevates this movie to what it needs to be, wholeheartedly. And the scenes between him and Vin Diesel are awesome. Now apparently it's come out that these two actually hate each other and do almost get in fist fights when they're in the same room. Hey, use what you got. That's why John Krasinski cast his wife in A Quiet Place, right? Like sometimes it can go the other way. And it works really, really well. And I think that has actually been the biggest thing that's fallen off in this franchise because they use Jason Statham in the seventh one. Jason Statham is awesome. I don't care what he's in. Is he a good actor? Absolutely not. But is he really, really cool? Yes, he is. And he makes the seventh one really fun. Mm -hmm. The eighth one, now all of a sudden, Vin Diesel's the bad guy? That's not what we want. He's the leader of the fan. That, oh, but it's because of the, that's just too much. That's too weird. And then in the ninth one, we we all enjoy wrestling. We still have, like fondness for the wwe john cena will never be intimidating that's not who he is <laughs> like the doctor of thugonomics will never scare me i didn't even realize he was in it because i couldn't see him yeah well <laughs> neither could the casting director that thought it was a good idea to put him in the movie like it so that the hope again i have jason momoa is now jason momoa is intimidating he's a scary m effort right like he is a big scary so hopefully that but again with this focusing here when i was re-watching it this morning I think the best parts of this movie, which lends itself what makes a good action movie, it's not even necessarily every action movie has cool action. It's the stuff in between the action. And I love the scenes with The Rock and and uh, Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel. Yeah. I, I love the scenes of them two together. And I think that's what elevates this movie to, I'll put it back on time and time again. Well, I think that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, at the time that they cast The Rock in this, certainly The Rock was a, a really well-known name, and maybe this is a transition into The Rock's uh, filmography Absolutely, that's here, where I was but, headed next, yep. Um, you know, he, he, I think in, in a way, right, Vin Diesel at this point thinks he's doing The Rock a favor almost right. by having him in here, and then what do you end up with? Well, you end up with, at this point, 12 years later, uh, The Rock is unquestionably a more well-known, a bigger movie star, a bigger household name, Um the Rock has basically become everything Vin Diesel wishes that he was, and so some of that animosity there, um, you know, I think did play well into this. I think so. With that about The Rock, I think it's, I'm curious where you guys are at. I think I've kind of tapped out on The Rock, to pun intended for the wrestling thing. I think I've noticed this over the last couple of years. I will say I think this is the best movie he's done. I mean, okay, sure. Like, Gridiron Gang is probably a better... He gives a good performance in that thing. But I think Fast Five is going to be his peak. And I think, you know, like you said, Vin Diesel thought he was doing The Rock a favor. The Rock ended up doing them a favor. Now The Rock thinks that he's the reason these are successful. As much as those two hate each other, if you look at the money made in these movies and in their career, they need to coexist. Because the billion dollar, this is the this is the one that brought it back to life. Then you have the two billion dollar ones that The Rock is still in. Now the ninth one is widely considered the worst one. The Rock wasn't in it, 
And while The Rock is successful in things that he does, he's not had anything come anywhere near sniffing a billion dollars that does not have the Fast and the Furious name on it, including the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff that he did that did not have the family in it, it was just him and Jason Statham, made $600 million. It's successful. That's still a far cry from $1.5 billion in the seventh movie. So I think they need each other, and if I look at The Rock's career, and I'm curious where you guys would be at with it, I'm kind of... I mean, I'll go see it because I'm a movie nerd. I'll see anything that comes in theaters. He just plays The Rock every time. At least this, like, he's an antagonist. He's kind of a dick. He doesn't care that, obviously, they're not murderers. Like, they've never killed anyone. And now the one police officer even says, like, these guys are basically Robin Hood. Why are they murdering DEAH? I don't care. They're a name on the list. Like, all right, you clown. Like, like, but he's really good at that. And now in... Every skyscraper, rampage, red notice, all these things he puts out, like, I'm kind of over it. I don't know. And Black Adam really did it for me, but I'm just kind of done with him. But I'm curious where you guys are at. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a, I never had a high enough opinion of his movie career to say I'm out. Like, I think he's always been here. Um, Looking back, I think my favorite movie that he's in, because I've watched it the most, is Walking Tall. And that was before this, yep. before, I mean, while he was still a wrestler, and they threw him in there because he's big and intimidating. And um, so I don't, I mean, I guess he he is what he is, uh, and I don't go see a movie because he's in it, or I don't not see a movie because he's in it. I like him as a personality. Seems like a pretty cool dude. Um, so... I don't mind when he's in things, but he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't, uh, I, I don't know, churn my butter. I, I don't know what better phrase to use. Yeah. Like, um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm out, but I'm also not in, um, I, you, you made a comment that, you know, he wasn't really in much before this. I, going back and looking, I think he was in a lot more than he, what I think we give him credit for, um, of movies that hit at the right time and i would argue that besides fast and furious was he a bigger movie star at this point than vin diesel um if you take fast and furious out like what else has he done besides that that because he, he also needs that franchise to to do anything like i know he was in triple x wasn't he like triple uh, x stuff like yeah i mean yes he was in a lot of stuff but you cannot you can't slap The Rock's face on a poster to sell a movie because of Gridiron Gang, a bunch of Disney movies, and 10 minutes in the other guys before he dies. I love all of those things and enjoyed them at the time, but he was not A-list, had, oh shit, the, Dwayne you had, Johnson. But you had the rundown, you had Be Cool, you had... Uh, Which the, we love, but those, but those movies made $30 million. Like, those right. are like... Right. I love the rundown. I'll watch that. You guys can put the rundown on right now. I'll sit here and watch the but whole I, thing. I think what we're discrediting though is is how big of a star he was because of wrestling. Like yeah. you've got that in the millions of people that tuned into see WrestleMania over anything that Vin Diesel was doing, you know, like sure he had this, but I think to say that, you know, he kind of came out of obscurity to headline this film you know, isn't fair to what he had done earlier in his career as a, as a wrestler and uh, in some of those movies. But um, I, I say all that to say I'm, I'm still not, you know, I, I understand why he's probably the highest paid actor in Hollywood and one of the biggest movie stars, but 
you know, he's not a, he's not Daniel Day Lewis. You know, yeah. like he's not going to well, be that type no, of actor. No, no. Neither of them are. I, there's two thoughts that I have here. One, I also think. At least as I recall it, right? Pitch Black and then the Chronicles of Riddick were pretty big for Vin Diesel also. And so if you put those two along with the Fast and Furious movies and then Triple X, which, remember, was big enough that then it was a... When he turned down Triple X 2 to have Ice Cube star in it, it was kind of a big deal of like, oh, he's too good for this. So I do think you had an interesting couple of things dovetailing here. One is Vin Diesel almost assuredly was considered probably in some ways a bigger movie star if you look at that than he probably should have been uh the rock probably more established but was still being discredited because of the the wrestling aspect of this and you know i was the rock just a flash in the pan as an actor like hogan had been before or any number of other wrestlers who tried to make the jump to the big screen um and so I do think it's just an interesting dynamic between the two, to say nothing of the fact that The Rock's like a foot taller than Vin Diesel, which probably yeah. is, a, is a factor in their feud as well, I would imagine. We can talk all we want about how unbelievable it is that they dragged that safe around Brazil. The most unbelievable part of this movie is that Vin Diesel beat The Rock in a fist fight straight up. That, that, that would, and that's been the most unbelievable part since I saw it in 2011. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but really, I wanted to do one of these movies just so I could throw this question out at the two of you. Um, so I had a hidden agenda here, and it has nothing to do with the movies. Isn't it, I mean, so The Rock is, is by anybody's uh, estimation, got to be on like a Mount Rushmore of, of greatest sports entertainment stars ever, right? I mean... Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and for my money, pound for pound, he's the greatest. I think you can make an argument with Austin and a couple of other people, but it is incredible that his peak really was like 1998, 1999 through 2003. So, you know, you're comparing him against wrestlers who did decades, and The Rock was like a five-year window that was that iconic and then basically out after 2003. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what that speaks to, and now you can see it in his movie career, is that he is, without a doubt, one of the smartest thinkers in any industry he's been a part of. That dude always has a plan about where he's headed. Now is the first time we're seeing one of those plans blow up in his face. Um, I mean, it's a longer conversation, but basically the Black Adam movie he did, what they're finding out is that he got Henry Cavill to come be a part of it and basically said, I'm Dwayne Johnson. WB will make a Superman movie if I tell them to. And then it came out and they were like, no, this movie sucked. I don't care what your name is. We're all billionaire, like hundred billionaires. You have a few hundred million to your name. You don't touch us. Like so, this is kind of the first time that him just kind of throwing his weight around has ever blown up in his face. But again, you can see he always has a plan of what his next move will be, and that shows with like again, like you said, a quick five-year peak of that. I'm gonna be a movie star. And to his credit, that dude has always been able to work out what he wants to work out right up until right now it'll be interesting to see what the next uh, phase of his career is what are, what are your thoughts on that so there's a, there's a lot that plays into that the timing of his career um, mm -hmm. came at the time when you know it was the end not the end it was I guess the peak of the Monday Night Wars and segueing into WCW being 
uh, you know, overtaken, sold to WWE, that sort of thing. So, like, you had him and Austin essentially carrying the company. Um, I think the thing that's not talked about enough is prior to him, and now he's not African-American, you know, he's black and Samoan, but you didn't have a black champion prior to The Rock. And I think that is a an understated thing to the appeal that he had because he was the first um, wrestler that looked like him that had the ability to carry a company. And not only that, but, you know, he had the charisma, he had the athleticism, he had the look. Um, I mean, when he first came out and he was uh, a puffy, kind of chubby-looking pretty boy, it didn't really do it. He realized that. He transformed his body. He actually got kind of skinny for a while, skinny and muscular, um, and then simply became too much of a movie star to continue to be a wrestler. But he used that in such a way to make appearances here and there, and then that last run with Cena that he had um, was really, you know, just really, really well done. So um, I think that, yeah, while his peak was short-lived it came at the right time he was the right person he was good on the mic but if it weren't for probably steve austin and triple h being uh you know his nemesis Mm -hmm. helping you had three really 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 big stars that were also really really good at what they were doing Mm -hmm. and not just in it because they wanted to you know be in it like they lived those characters and were all smart and intelligent and carried each other. So it was, yeah. Had, had he come along and done the same thing now, he wouldn't be as big a star. It just it's great timing. But I think being the first, you know, quote unquote, black champion also made a really big difference. Well, and I think tracking into, like I say, this is my favorite thing to see The Rock in now, especially going back and rewatching it. When he blew up in WWE, it was when he flipped that switch into being a heel and to really leaning into that. Now, again, they end up working together in this movie, and he really is just a guy trying to do his job. But to the family, to the people we're invested in, to Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and them, he is the antagonist for the majority of this film. And he, he leans into it. He is a dig, and he is going at them. And like I think that's when he's at his bet. Like He is still charismatic. You still... Not that you want to see him die, like you would want to see the guy threatening to murder women and children. Like, you don't want that. Like, he can st- he'll still be likable while still being mm-hmm. kind of on that other side of it. And I think that's why that's the best. And I wish they would have kept up that relationship in the series. And I think to the detriment of fans of the movies like us, if they would have just been able to put their differences aside outside of the movie and just said, like, hey, we're both getting really rich off this, let's keep doing this... Because the this series peaks when those two are both on screen together doing their thing instead of where it's at now. Yeah. And I think The Rock peaks when he gets to be kind of a dick because he's really good at it. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Even when he was when he was uh, you know the, the people's champ, he was winning over the fans because he was he was almost an anti-hero in yes. a lot of those situations. And so I do think it worked well for him in this and. Um, you know, it's also probably the limitation to his acting career is that he, can he really be the lead man as like a, a just like straightforward uh, protagonist? 
Probably not. He has cute moments, like in the seventh movie, I think, with his daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. he gets the, you know, like you said, your favorite line. You're going to you're steal my, my favorite No, line. go for it. Like, yeah, I mean, it is it is absolutely when, you know, things are blowing up in the background, and she's like, what, what's going on? And Daddy's got to go to work, and right. he, like, flexes to yeah. break the cast. Oh, my goodness. He has cute moments with that little girl, but what I do not and what I will never buy The Rock as is... The family man that's going to come in and save the day and read books to the kiddos. That's why his Disney career sucked. Like, that's not who he is. And I wish he would... I would love nothing more than to see him be, like, the villain in an... Just the straight-up villain in an action movie. Like, against mm-hmm. someone like Chris Evans or something like that. Like, that would be so much fun. You see someone like Chris Evans willing to do stuff like that. I don't know if you guys saw The Gray Man that came out on Netflix last year. Mm-mm. Captain America decided he's going to go be just a straight-up bad guy, and he chews the scenery, and it's awesome. Like, I love it when people are willing to flip that switch, and he's just so in on his brand that I don't think he'll ever do it that far, but I think it'd be awesome. See, I think we're underestimating the wrestling aspect of this, too. I think he's going to get to the point where people are begging and begging and begging for him to be the heel. That's when he'll do it. He'll strike when it's the right time. Yeah. You do it too early and, you know, it's not it's, it's not going to work. It's when it's like, okay, this is stale. We're going to stop coming to see you. And now, boom, hits it and revitalizes his career because he, he has a, a turn. Will we see, so not counting this one because it's obviously not going to happen, the next three WrestleManias after this one, yes or no, The Rock will be in a match at WrestleMania. When, I mean, I, I'm going to just echo what Brad said. When the time is right, he absolutely will. I don't think he's done wrestling because, right, wrestlers never end until until they die, sadly, right. in most situations. But uh, at some point, he'll come back. He's got another decade and a half before it would even become questionable, given the shape he seems to keep right. himself in. And again... His time in wrestling was so small, he doesn't have the bumps that most of these guys do. Right. I want to say no, because um, I think in a lot of ways he's done with that, but when the biggest stars of the wrestling industry right now are his family, you know they're going to there's going to be a storyline between him and Roman Reigns yeah. where... Um, He's going to show he's really what the, what is it he's calling himself like the head of the table head or something table, yeah. um, like he will come back and be involved in that somehow right. and yes it will probably happen in the next year or two so um, yeah I, I think that uh, we'll, we'll see him in a match. Uh, All right, uh, one other thing before we get into that you you mentioned and I think we've had this talk before but you mentioned heel and protagonist and antagonist like I was watching this thinking like. Why are we rooting for these people? They essentially got involved in this because they wanted money. And what's his name? Vince needed help on this job to get money. Well, Vince is a dick. Right. And they're going to go steal these cars. Like, this was straight up a money job for these people. And people people end up dead. Like... What is it that we're rooting for? For the same reason that we want Ben Affleck to get away at the end of the town. Like, you get invested and... It's a it's a bad guy with a good heart. Like again, and I think that's why they said that's why she made the comment about like all these people have really ever done is steal a bunch of fuel and give it to people that need it. Like that's what they've set up. Like in the first one, the first one is literally it's just a worse version of Point Break. Like that's how we meet these people, and you really fall in like what they want you to fall in love with is Paul Walker. Like he is the real heart. 
but then again, Vin Diesel's charismatic enough that you can get on the, you can get on with that. And then really, you don't see all of these people on screen together again until the fifth one. It's just an amalgamation of characters that some people liked throughout the mm-hmm. four movies, and they put them together. So it's really all just built on Paul Walker is actually a good person that just got caught up in a couple of sticky situations, mostly because he fell in love with Mia and now like feels a responsibility because Dom is her family, and then just a whole host of other people that they're friends with for one reason or another. And then you're just supposed to buy into, like, they're really not that bad. Like, they do bad things, but they're not that bad. And they're certainly not as bad as the drug lord that kills women and children. Like, that's yet, the... Yet they're willing to kill people dragging a... 50, so many people die in this ton, That was what I was 50 ton safe... I could not believe, not that, like, of course, like, the drug lord's henchmen, who cares if they die, but the first scene when they're, when the rock is chasing them through the favela, that great, that's an awesome shot, when he jumps and the rock jump, that's cool. But the rock, like, punches one dude and holds the guy and the guy's gun so that he can turn and, like, mow down, like, three other people, and then his crew is standing up on a rooftop, just, and again, they're drug dealers, who cares, but watching it, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Well, but think of the number of people that died with them pulling that safe through there, and yet we're we're rooting for them to get away. That building had nobody in it, Brad. Uh huh. They they were fine, and Uh every single person that dodged that safe got out of the way. And that bus that they flipped over at the beginning that Mm -hmm. had thirty people on it. They they already established that nobody gets no fatalities because no one died in that, and miraculously Mm -hmm. only Dom got away. Yeah, the rest of the prisoners were just like. The one, the people that actually deserve to be in prison, they stayed. In they prison. stayed in that, that. Everybody on that bus is dead. Everybody on that bus is dead. There's n- right. And I'm, no, I'm, I'm thinking like we're <laughs> including rooting. Brian because he slams on the bus, crushed him. Like well, but in fairness, that would have been a much more anticlimactic ending to the movie. We talk about true. like a very, very quick true. movie, like three minutes in, and then everyone they all died. Yes. The end. I just yeah, it it blew my mind that we're like rooting for them to steal this money from this bad guy and it doesn't matter that they're killing people along well, the way. You think know? about their baby, Brad. It's not it's not that baby's fault. Like it's just this is borderline superhero movie. I think we mentioned it. It's got oh, yeah. that sprinkled oh, in there. Have that, you not seen any of the ones after this? No. Oh, there's a su- there's, more. Oh, that's superhero. You think that's what's a superhero? Well, I saw movie. Hobbs and Shaw. I did see that. Yeah. Um, no. But uh, uh, oh, what was I going to say? It, did they imply, and I think I read this, that the Tokyo Drift actually happens after this one? Yeah, so continuity does not matter in these movies either, but yes. Because that's why she says, you, you want to go to Tokyo or something? And... Tokyo, well, because Han dies in Tokyo Drift. So Tokyo Drift... I hadn't seen that one either. Tokyo Drift happens after the seventh one, because Jason Statham actually killed him. No, it happens after the sixth one. Yes. Because Jason Statham killed Han... In revenge for something they do in the sixth movie. Right. So then the seventh movie is them getting revenge on Jason Statham. But wait, Brad, you won't believe me when I tell you this. Han's not actually dead because he's back in the ninth and the tenth one, and now they're friends with Jason Statham. Right. The point being, again, <laughs> this movie was when they finally yes. were like, you know what, we should try yes. to pull all these things that have in different areas been popular into one. But we thing. killed that guy. Like, Doesn't matter. This is this was planned the exact 
opposite of the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe as we end this month. So one was like incredibly yes. intentionally, and this was just like, oh hey, we think we yeah. can make a lot of money. Let's just pull it all together. There's people in the movie, and it's now fine. It doesn't matter. They just all keep cashing the checks, and they are along for the ride. And uh, on the whole, I think we're better off for it. Yeah, I, I still enjoy it. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in the tenth and the eleventh one. They claim that ten and eleven are the end of it. We'll see. Million dollars is hard to turn down. Favorite line from Fast Five, gentlemen, and why is it something that The Rock said? <laughs> um, my favorite line is the uh, "You're under arrest," and he says, "I don't, I don't feel like I'm under yeah. arrest. Do you feel like you're under arrest? No, not at all." And then, you know, it ends with him saying, "Like you, th you think you're still in America?" And then, "This is Brazil," and you know, and says it's so weird. Uh, raises his arms. So. Um, yeah, I don't know why that stood out as my favorite, but that was my favorite line in the film. Yeah, I was actually going to go with that entire dialogue, so Brad uh, stole it for me. Just uh, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that's one of them that stands out. Everything The Rock says stands out. I think the one that got me this morning, that I think, I, I think it would be a clean sweep. I think I would agree with that, but the one I'll say that stood out to me this morning that I loved... Because I still love when they get back into the street racing aspect. And it looks like in the 10th one, at some point, they're just going to do a street race to determine the fate of the entire world, which I'm so down for. <laughs> but when he walks up and uh, the guy is talking about his car and like, yeah, I recognize you. And he says, that monster's never seen a pair of tail lights. The guy's like, all right, car for car. Car for car? Really? Like, I just love the fact that they're like, again, superheroes. Literally, it doesn't matter what. You could give these guys a moped and somehow they'd win this race. I, think, I, I love that they just lean into it. That was my favorite. As you were talking, I just realized the 11th one probably is the end of it because it leads directly into Pitch Black. And then we find out yes. that actually Vin Diesel's character in this and uh, Riddick are sit the same one. That would he make sense. He starts going interstellar. <laughs> favorite scene, fellas. Uh, I'll go first again. Maybe I can steal someone's scene. Um... Mine is when uh, the Rock's crew is just getting decimated and they're like, cut me loose, cut me loose, and they get cut loose and then they go down and just mow down the drug dealers and, and rescue the Rock and, and help get him back to the vehicle. And you see Vin Diesel uh, somehow be able to pick the pick up this mountain of a man. But, yeah, um, he's been, he'll just beat him in a fight. So. But yeah, so uh, that that's my favorite scene. Um it's definitely them dragging the safe yes. through uh, town because it just is bizarre enough to make me not stop laughing the entire time. It's the it might be the best action set piece that's come out in my life. Yeah, it's it's definitely that. See, I just I was too lost in the I can't shut off my my reality here, oh, the, and the fact that those two cars would have been ripped in half. <laughs> Even trying to steal that or to pull that out of the building. Like, wait, wait until he sees the uh, the the runway scene oh, yeah. and the the uh, sixth one. Well, this is also coming in the after the Hobbs and Shaw movie where uh, the Rock is somehow holding two helicopters uh, just yeah. by the chains that For are what? hanging down or something. Like so, yeah, I I uh, get it. I need to be able to shut off my my sense of reality there. But for some reason, with that safe being pulled through there I just couldn't do it couldn't enjoy it Brad would you believe when I tell you that in future movies they do things like successfully jump cars through skyscrapers from one to another like, to another also they have I will give them credit wow. continuity wise they have consistently determined 
that no matter how far you fall off of something, if you land on the hood of a car, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Does not matter. You could fall 300 feet, but if you land on the hood of a car, you're safe. The ground, not, not safe. So, not so good. Hood of a car, very safe. Even more safe than the hood of a car, the hood of a car that's going 80 miles an hour to catch you out of the air as you fall. Mm -hmm. Extra safe. Really, what they've done with this is be able to prove all the laws of physics wrong. Those don't exist. We've not been lied not, to. Not in the Fast and Furious. Big, big, si big science has been lying to us about right. the laws of physics. So I think that will wrap up our conversation of Fast Five. Mike, you think, Mike thank you for picking this movie uh, so much. And next week, we will be into the month of May already. And we're going to kick things off with my pick for the month is what we agreed upon. Yes, and I remember that conversation because it happened 43 minutes ago. It is The Mummy, 1999. Brendan Fraser just won an Academy Award. He's back in the spotlight. We're going to go back to... The things that gave him the spotlight in the first place, and that Encino is Encino Man, not Encino Man, the Mummy, uh, him, Rachel Weisz, uh, good fun adventure movie from the '90s. We love getting into '90s action on the show, and we're gonna do it next week. But other than that, guys, for Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan. We'll see you next time. <laughs>